WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the WrestlePlug podcast. You can buy one of these at WrestlePlug.BigCartel.com. There you go, cheap early plug. We'll get that out of the way. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlePlug. Now, the state wrestling address for the week, which means we're going to talk about wrestling, even though we're not really that motivated by it right now because wrestling is such a terrible, terrible place to be. Uh, but I did watch all of this week's wrestling, um, mostly highlights and stuff, and also there was full gear. So we've got plenty to talk about, nonetheless. Uh, we had a break last week, so hopefully you have, you know, taken it a bit easier and enjoyed having a break from my horrifying face. And that means that you're ready for your fill of WrestleBlog. I am Aaron X, the host of WrestleBlog, the most honest podcast going. So if you're here for nice uber leftist sensitive material and hot top optimism then um go away go away just go away i don't like you i hate massively pro optimistic wrestling fans i hate you so if you're watching this i hate you um so yeah i'm Aaron x and over here it's over here Definitely over here. We'll, we'll point there, and we hope for the best. Uh, is of course my illustrious co-host. He had a week off last week because the poor motherfucker has been working non-stop through the pandemic. I'm not sure if it's lockdown in Canada, but it should be because every time he takes to the streets, women lose their shit over the joke <laughs> of diabetes. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, he's the Ontarian Oscar-worthy lunatic himself. He is. The Maple Leaf Magician. The Maple it. Leaf Masterpiece. Oh, he's so saucy. And he's still on Tinder, ladies and gentlemen. And he's available just for you. He is Kyle Wilkinson. Oh, man. Um, I missed that. It, 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 it makes me feel so loved because the world is so unfull of love right now. Yeah, it is. The world is just a bonfire of shit. So we turn to wrestling to try and make it good. And then we go, man, wrestling shit, isn't it? And wrestling, it's just a- <laughs> wrestling, give me something fun to watch. Take me away. Take me to an alternative reality. And wrestling's like, here, I'll give you full gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter if our matches are 10 stars because we're going to fuck you over booking-wise. Fuck it. Let's talk about full gear. Right. We're going to go rapid fire. So we've got a nice little system we're going to try out, ladies and gentlemen. So let us know in the comments below. And also, if you're just listening audio-wise, send us a message at WrestleBlog and let us know what you think of the new system. What we're going to do is we're going to give ourselves, uh, when it comes to these cheeky little reviews, not everything on the show, but the majority of stuff, we're going to go around the horn star. So anyone who's seen that on ESPN or who's sports fans, and obviously you like wrestling, so you probably don't like sport that much because wrestling's not sport anymore. It's a choreographed joke. I'm just saying. Not all of it's terrible, okay? but a lot of it is. Uh, we're going to do 30 seconds apiece. So, full gear. 
Carl Wilkinson, are you ready for the 30-second rampage that will be each of these matches? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to preface everyone with the fact that I did not watch it because I had no investment in it. So let's go. No, hey, we're honest. Because I want to make sure that this is legitimate because you know that there's going to be some douchebag out there. "Ah, Well, um, I I was watching uh, WrestleBug and then I noticed that one of your segments was 32 seconds. Shut the fuck up. So, right. I'm ready with a stopwatch. Carl Wilkinson, are you ready to discuss? Full gear. Let's do it. Quick fire. Here we go. Starting with... (sighs) Kenny Omega goes over Hangman Page to become the number one contender to John Moxley's Heavyweight Championship. 30 seconds starting now. I mean, it was a foregone conclusion. I think we all knew it was coming. Hangman should have won. I think his story has his story of redemption has been really, really good. But no, he just gets beat up by Kenny Omega because, of course, he gets beat up by Kenny Omega. Kenny is going to face Moxley. Spoilers, don't care. You've seen it all. And we saw him that match already. And I don't care. Time. It's like 15 seconds. 23, actually. Oh, not bad. <laughs> I, for, I don't well, know, man. 30 seconds. We get 30 seconds each. I should have prefaced that, really. But you got did it in 23 seconds, and that says it all. So, well, it's time for me to start. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's my opinions on Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. Um, it's terrible. It's fucking awful. I'm sick of cosplay Kenny running around with his twinkle-toed, finger-banging ways. I don't give a shit. His entrance is too long. It's elongated. Dave Meltzer sucks his penis. We all know this shit to be true. You have had this storyline going for the better part of over a year now, and this is where you're getting to. And then eventually he'll beat John Moxley for the title, and then we'll swing back round to it, and Hangman Page will probably overcome him. But at this point, I'm fucking bored. It's taken too long. Get over it. I am bored. <laughs> there you go. 30 seconds. Right. Moving forward, nothing more to say. By the way, if you've got any opinions, leave them in the comments, send them to us. But if they're longer than 30 seconds, then I'm probably going to cut you off. So... Um, with that one out of the way, we have new tag team champions. Do you remember this? The greatest match of all time, Carl Wilkinson. Do you remember this? This was the match that everybody wanted. The huge Titanic clash that was the Young Bucks versus Fo- FTR. Fuck the revival, mate. Fuck the revival. And that is essentially what happened. We should have known all that time around. So, 30 seconds. Tell us what you think about the Young Bucks over. Humming FTR at the first port of call in a match that was built up in four weeks. Go! I feel like I could sum it up with three words and a fuck Tony Khan, but I'll continue. This match should not have happened until, I don't know, revolution or double or nothing or something down the line. They should have built this up for a year. They shouldn't have touched each other. They shouldn't have been near each other. And yet we get this after what? Two months? Three months? The, the build was shit. I'm sure the match was fine, but I don't care. Yeah. Off we go. Uh, this was terrible. This was awful. Uh, the match was fine. I'm sure it was. I've only seen some brief highlights from it. I'm not going to watch the whole thing because the booking of this show was absolutely dreadful, as you would expect from us. I don't hate AEW. I hate a lot of their booking decisions. There's nothing wrong with the match quality. That's never been an issue. What has always been an issue. And this is this is a real fine example of that. FTR, right? You've had years, years to build this incredible rivalry, and this is what you do. Oh, three weeks, a load of bullshit. We don't know who heel is, and then FTR lose the belts. Thanks for coming. 
what a waste of my absolute time. Uh, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. Now then, <laughs> women's wrestling in AEW. So, <laughs> I mean, the one shining ray of hope that you can at least take from this pay-per-view is that Hikaru Shida is still your women's champion after overcoming Nyla Rose. Uh, by essentially kneeing her in the face multiple times until she just laid there unconscious. <laughs> so, uh, for me, it wasn't a fantastic match. But it's not my 30 seconds, Carl Wilkinson. It's your 30 seconds. Tell us what you think about Hikaru Shida still being women's champion. I mean, that's fine. I think she's been an incredible champion when she's been on TV. Her matches have all been really, really good, especially the one with Thunder Rosa. We talk about it all the time, but it was so, so good. But that doesn't matter because she's not on TV. She'll be on Dark, which is fine. Maybe it gets eyes on Dark. But she is your women's world champion and she deserves to be on your fucking television program. So dumb. Yeah, Hikaru Shida, still champion. This is probably the best booking decision for this entire pay-per-view for me because as far as I'm concerned, everything else sucks. Now... Admittedly, one of the big reasons I didn't watch AEW Full Gear in full, and I certainly wasn't going to pay £20 for it, fuck you, Fight TV, is because of the terrible booking decisions. You knew they were going to go with Kenny Omega. You knew they were going to go with FTR. The one shining light for this is at least Hikaru Shida, who is very much deserving of being the lead woman in this company, is still your champion. That being said, is she going to get used weekly? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, as far as Dynamite goes, you know, she wasn't on Dynamite. <laughs> it's brilliant isn't it congratulations on retaining your championship dynamite for her you although we did get to see tina Conti, who is arguably the hottest woman walking so um so yeah just you win some you lose some you do you win some you lose some also she has anna jay as a tag partner so magnifique <laughs> if anything could save aw it is that apparent my lord. Anyway, all first aside, uh, what else happened at Full Gear? Oh, yeah, that's right. A heavyweight championship was on the line. Eddie Kingston was made to say I quit by John Moxley in, to be fair, easily the match of the night in terms of the emotional aspect, the violent aspect of things. Uh, it was fantastic for many, many reasons. I, I have to admit that I did appreciate this match. However, I want to know what your thoughts are on John Moxley once again retaining, knocking off Eddie Kingston. Off you go, sunshine. I mean, I I, I like Moxley. He's been a decent enough champion, I think. Um, I still think they definitely crowned him too early. His matches have been good, not great. Aside from this one, I think this one was really good from what I saw of it. However, I think Kingston should have won. I think he'd be an incredible champion because with Pac coming back on Wednesday and those two seeming to fighting over the Lucha Brothers, why not make it for the championship? Have you got a timer? Because you seem to be bang on these. I'm very impressed. I reckon you've got to start watching. You're not telling me. So off we go. Uh, Eddie yeah, Eddie Kingston should have won, and he didn't. And that's a real disappointment. I understand why John Moxley won. He is a marquee talent. He's a guy from WWE. People recognize John Moxley. That's why he's your champion. That's why you're probably keeping him as champion for so long, because you feel like he's commercially going to be a bigger success. However, Eddie Kingston is by far and away the best market worker in the world, followed by number two, Pack, and the fact that they're going to be hooking up, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Oh, geez, worthy. And there will be no 30 seconds for that because I need it. But yeah, Eddie Kingston should have won and he didn't. Shameful. Finally, from 
full gear because I can't be asked to talk about anything. Actually, no, there are two matches, to be fair, because I feel like we would be rude if we didn't bring up one of the non-title matches at least. But rounding out the title matches, Darby Allen overcomes Cody Rhodes to become your new TNT champion. Cup of coffee with the bell. What do you think about Darby Allen knocking off Cody Rhodes? Um, this quick again, and the TNT title again, almost becoming a bit of a prop. I mean, um, this is the first non-WWE guy to have a singles championship in their company, so maybe they're using homegrown talent? I mean, I guess you could count the young... Oh, I don't know. Singles championship, I'm still right. The point is, why did Cody even win it back? I think it could have been more emotional if Darby beat up Brody Lee. I mean, he wouldn't because Brody Lee's the best and should win. But at least now they're using one of their homegrown talents. You finally got caught out by the timer, mate. So, I'll, But I'll clean it up for you because I always like to look after you on this. So, uh, Darby Allen wins. What is the point? What is the point of this bell? Cody Rhodes jobs out Brody Lee. The first opportunity he gets when he comes back from filming. He has two rather suspect performances against Orange Cassidy and he immediately drops the belt to Darby Allen. Darby Allen doesn't look really that strong for me in this scenario. He's been doing the whole sting thing where he's been sitting in the rafters, sitting in a crowd, watching him, observing him. That's pretty pointless. We're now continuing with Taz versus Darby Allen. I just don't see the point. Cody Rhodes is becoming a bit of a joke and what he's doing is he's falling into the trap of what his friends are doing on this program. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty much. Now then, on to MJF versus Chris Jericho. The winner will get an opportunity to join, well, forgive me, uh, if MJF had won, which of course he did, uh, he would join the inner circle. Um, Yeah, so uh, I don't know which angle you want to go with this. I mean, I'm sure the match was absolutely fine. the result was kind of not really in question. They wouldn't have built it all the way up just for him to lose. That being said, this is a match that was made two weeks before the fact. <laughs> MJF versus Chris Jericho, which is a huge money match. What do you think about MJF winning and now being a part of the inner circle? Um, I don't really know because I love MJF. The kid's like 24 years old. He's got a ridiculously bright future. He doesn't need this. Maybe it's something he can supersede Jericho and take over, maybe. I think that's probably where they're going. But for the most part, the, right now, it's funny, but I think it'll wear real thin real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Still got four seconds left. It's great. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, dear. I didn't bait him, I swear to God. It just it is what it is. And so, you know, it happens. Uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. This was a once-in-a-lifetime match for a lot of people. This was a dream match. The two most charismatic guys you had in the company. So what do you do? You give it two weeks' build. Oh, that's the noise for this whole thing. I don't really care if MJF joins you in the circle. It's obviously leading to Sammy Guevara turning face. They've been building to that as well. Sammy Guevara, of course, lost at this baby in Matt Hardy in a rather rather strange match has to be said although entertaining if you like cinematic stuff and definitely worth a watch um but for me yeah this is a terrible terrible thing because you just didn't build it up enough <laughs> so that pretty much rounds out full gear unless there's something else you want to talk about um it should be worth pointing out that the nwa women's championship was also on the line uh serena deep successfully retained against allison k on the buy-in <laughs> <laughs> great, great way to get the NWA World's Women's World Championship over. Put it on the pre-show. Let's yeah, go. 
Thunder Rosa comes out and demands a rematch with Serena Deep. So there was that. Um, yeah. Uh, do you know what? AEW Full Gear, I'm seeing the massive consensus, particularly online, is that this was an incredible pay-per-view. And I have no doubt that from a wrestling standpoint, the quality was great. Everyone's saying Kenny Omega was saying my paper is amazing. I'm not here just for top quality wrestling because there are other promotions that do that just fine. I'm here for something a little bit different. And ultimately, they're just... It's, do you know what it is? It's just way too much of the boys' club, the elite running rampant, and I haven't got time for it. I really don't. It, it bores the crap out of me. I will watch it again. I've cancelled my AEW subscription, as a lot of people might have noticed on my social media, just because I think, well, why should I give money in something I don't enjoy? So I'm not going to spend time running it down like we have done because that's just negative energy and I can't be bothered. You know, um, Negativity is a part of life, but I'm not going to waste my time and my exertion hating on something if I don't enjoy it then what's the point of covering it what's the point of watching it I will tune back in of course because my boy is back on the screen I'm very excited about what he'll be doing um, but this is going to be one of those shows now which has gone into the fast forward bracket and by that it means that I'll be like oh not interested click 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 and this is why I don't watch it live that much anymore one because I've got better things to do with my time um, ultimately trying to you know stay afloat financially and live and eat food you know <laughs> which, as you can tell, is going okay in terms of the food farm. Um, God bless food banks. And ultimately, you know, I'm just going to flip through and watch the things that I want to watch. So, whatever. You know. no, I mean, that's all you should have to do is subjecting ourselves to trash just isn't fair. Tony Khan's a little fucking mark for himself, just trying to be cool. Tall, isn't he? Yeah, and you know what the worst part is? Because you know Kenny's going to beat Moxley, so it'll be fucking Kenny and the Bucks as champs. And we're going to be like, wow, this is total shit. They're just going to redo it. Um, I should mention as well, Don Callis was on commentary for Kenny Omega's match, which was fantastic. But ultimately, I don't want to see Impact and AEW link up. I know from a business standpoint it's good, but I don't want Impact to be like AEW or vice versa. I like the fact that Impact is his own brand, it's his own entity, um, and, you know, I think it's good, and it's sort of a one sort of, you know, it's, it's nice to see these crossovers, but what pisses me off as well is the majority of AEW fans, don't lie to yourselves, I guarantee you're the ones who slag off TNA all the time, no, Impact's just TNA, nobody likes it, but as soon as Don Callis is on there, how cool that we saw an Impact person on AEW, like, no, 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 no. You don't get a right to mark out if you've been shitting on TNA and Impact for the last few years, even though the product has actually been fantastic. And I'm looking forward to talking about Impact this week. I'm willing to bet that most people didn't even know who Don Callis was until it said Don Callis, you know, EVP or whatever his title is of Impact Wrestling. And that that pisses me off because he's a... He's at the Destiny shows on a regular basis because Destiny shows have a lot of Impact stars, or sorry, Impact found a lot of their stars from Destiny. Josh Alexander is one. Uh, Ace Austin is one. Mm. Like, then, you know, grow homegrown talents. And whenever Don Cal shows up, we chant, lose our shit, and he just soaks it in because he's such a shit-eating heel character. I think he's been like that his entire career. And he's such a cool guy. But all these AEW people, like I said, probably had no idea who he was. I'm sure some of them did. Like, I'm not going to say all of you are dumb. Cyrus the virus. Yeah, I'm not going to say all of you are ignorant. I'm just going to say there's some people out there. Yeah, that's, just ignorant. <laughs> that's ignorant. But there's some people out there that just, you said it already when we started, just have this, like, they just, they look at everything so positive all the time. They're like, man, this is great. I'm like, is it though? <laughs> is it? Is it though? Is it though? It's like that thing with, um, is it four? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. 
Is, is it though? I don't know if it's from Marvel or it might be someone else, but I've seen this gif constantly that people use where he just goes, is it though? <laughs> so uh, he definitely says it at some point. I've seen so much Marvel that my brain can't handle it all, especially after working for the last like five days. So it's definitely a thing. Are you swinging your work dick around? <laughs> it's not by choice, dude. Five days of work. <laughs> Bray all that. He's going to be coming on the podcast next week with money. <laughs> no. How does it feel to be poor? How does it feel? <laughs> a, I would never do that. Not B, either. I'm still poor. Yeah. Austerity, baby. Austerity. <laughs> I know you're poor because you haven't bought a t shirt yet. Look at these. I, beautiful. Doesn't actually, wear I, got, I got paid. Was today Friday? I got paid today. I will buy one after this. Quote me on it. I will fucking do it. I can, uh, by the way, if anybody's looking at the t shirts and thinking that's nice, but I wish I could have a different color, I'd like, you know, hell, I'd like the one he's sporting with the baseball sleeves or whatever. All you got to do is send me a message and I'll make sure you get a hookup, a link, or I can send you an invoice, whatever it may be. Whatever you want the t shirt to look like, customized colors, whatever size, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's available to everybody. That's something I pride myself on. Doesn't matter what your gender is, what you identify as, there is a t shirt for you, and I will ensure that you get one wherever in the world you belong. Hell. Someone from Israel bought one. That's pretty, pretty awesome, though. So, oh, by the way, quick shout out while I've got the opportunity. Sam Oates, Cameron, the Velveteen Cream Anderson, Fraser Webb, former 205 Live host on this podcast for anyone who remembers many, 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 many moons ago. He's very missed because he has a very calming, dulcet tone to his voice. Um, but shout out to those people. And of course, Patricia Batley. Um, I didn't even realise your second name was Batley. Mind balloon. <laughs> uh, shout out to all those people for buying a t-shirt supporting the Wrestle Plug. Much love to you. And you can still get your tees, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, WrestlePlug.BigCartel.com and ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlePlug. Now then, on to the news, Mr. Wilkinson. Ready to chat about the news? <laughs> some news. I love some news. You love news. Well, here's some news. Well, Zelina Vega has been released from WWE. She will have 90 days of no complete clause. Uh, no complete, no complete, no complete. Say no complete clause. We don't edit here, so you'll just have to deal with the errors. Um, but I'll throw in a load of graphics just for a laugh. <laughs> now I've got to put something in. Um, yeah. So ultimately, uh, Zelina Vega gets released. A lot of this is down to the fact that she obviously supports unionization. She put that out on a tweet, which I'm sure upset quite a few people. Um, because apparently, what being in the union? How dare you want workers' rights as an independent? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, they're saying that it wasn't to do with that horseshit. It's also to do with the fact that she has been very vocal about the fact she doesn't want to give up her media streaming rights and things like that. Uh, obviously, a lot of people remember us talking about this. Something's been widely covered. WWE essentially saying that, uh, yeah, we want a cut of all your profits from your Twitch streams and also you will no longer be allowed to do them uh, under any of your wrestling names, only your real names. And even then, they've been trying to dig into that. So, Selena Vega has essentially bet on herself and has said, go fuck yourself. And I think that's a very good choice. There are opportunities elsewhere. And also, she is fucking amazing in every sense. The woman's beautiful. She's smart. She's an entrepreneur. It'd be interesting to see whether her husband follows suit. Of course, Alistair Black, Tommy, and a lot of people might know him by 
wouldn't surprise me if he follows suit as well. Their YouTube channel is very successful. Her Twitch streams are going to be very successful. I've noticed that her and Paige have been having some fun back and forth. And obviously Paige is very successful at what she does via streaming. I think this is good for them. I'm really happy because ultimately I am sick of it. I like WWE, right? I like the product. But at the same time, I also recognize some massive discrepancies in what this company does. And I'm not going to fucking sit because, you know, like I said at the top of the podcast, just because you all want to be super, super positive about everything. I can still enjoy something, but see the negative sides of it and the negative aspects of what it does. And in terms of business, this has been a terrible play by WWE. And losing Selena Vega, I actually think, is a big blow for them. She was by far and away the best female mic worker they had. She was on course to become almost a female Heyman in a lot of ways. Obviously not in looks, because she is stunning and Heyman with all due respect, is a walrus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate using that term because that was coined by Jerry Lawler, but it is what it is. Um, that's not to say that Paul Heyman isn't a genius, and Zelina Vega was well on her way to being that too. And it was very evident that because of her stubborn nature that they were starting to affect her via TV as well. They gave her a little title push, but then they also started splitting her up, throwing her all over the place, not really using her properly. And this is just the combination of that. I think this is a big loss for WWE, and I don't think it's a huge loss for Zelina Vega. I have no doubts that she has made quite a bit of money in her time there, and she will continue to make money wherever she goes because she's just a fucking fantastic human being with a great sense of business. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she'll be. Uh, she'll be hurting for business opportunities anytime soon. I think any wrestling company would be ridiculous to pass up on her especially in a managerial role like she she's fine in between the ropes honestly she doesn't do it a lot so there's not a lot that you can really gauge at least from her wwe career but on the mic like behind someone who really needs someone to kind of give them that extra level give them that bit of a push you know kind of like what taz is doing for brian cage right now mm. brian, brian cage it definitely isn't the strongest talker he's not bad but he's not great Taz is bringing him up to that level. I Zelina did it with Andrade. She did it for the better part of three years. That I think she could do it with just about any talent. Impact, AEW. I, I don't think it matters. I don't think she'll be hurting at all for that. Yeah, no question. Moving on in the news. Uh, the Rascals have been evicted. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Cue the smoke. There you go. For those of you watching on video, you will let you fucking Here we go. <laughs> now then, um, the rascals have been evicted from the treehouse, sadly. Impact has done wonderfully well by them. I wonder why they were taking quite a few losses lately on TV. And it wasn't a huge deal, but I thought, hey, come on, this is the rascals. They might I love the rascals. Anyone knows. You know, I've met them. There's a photo of me with them right there. Um, <laughs> it's why not? Because I know I can do it. Uh Lovely guys, really cool guys, world-class workers as well. And it seems like the three of them have been picked up by WWE. Now, apparently, they haven't officially signed a contract yet, but it is sitting there waiting for them on the table. When I watched Impact, I had no clue. I hadn't checked out any news sources. I don't really like the dirt sheets. I like to enjoy wrestling for what it is. And when I watched Impact and saw they were getting evicted, I thought, oh, no, they're not going to AEW, are they? <laughs> because... Don't get me wrong, they would be great in AEW, but we've seen what they're doing with the tag team division. We've seen how many tag teams have just been thrown by the wayside or ignored. Their tag team division is all over the place. And I thought, oh, no, like they'll just get lost in there and they get lost in the shuffle despite it. With WWE, they get the benefit of the world-class production values, the world 
The Rascals in NXT, mate. Need I say any more? Imagine the Rascals jumping Danny Birch and only Lorcan and starting a program. Imagine them coming in, getting, you know, hello, Desmond Xavier versus Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano versus Trey Miguel. The body, the body is ready and winning. <laughs> Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm really thrilled, and I really hope that it will be confirmed and it will be joining WWE. But as far as the Impact run goes, that's pretty much it. I believe next week will be their farewell. I think they're going to be involved in a main event, or may, may even be a turning point. I'm not entirely sure, which, by the way, is tomorrow night, and we'll give that a quick preview as well. Um, but the Rascals, moving on. Um, just amazing lads and I'm thrilled for them and I hope they make a lot of money and do really well because they are three there was actually four of them Myron Reed has kind of been forgotten a little bit unfortunately um, but I hope that all of them do fantastically well in whatever they do um, because they're all world class lads who deserve the best I would I love to see uh, like the Rascals against you know the New Day or the Rascals against uh, the Street Profits oh. just because all all three of those teams they're just so charismatic. They're just so much fun. I mean, Christ, just give me a triple threat with like Kofi and Montez Ford and Trey Miguel. Just oh, you you would you oh. would need to like you'd have to watch them. You would you you couldn't watch it live. You'd have to record it and then watch it in half speed later for you to not see them jumping around like they would in, like, animes when they're like fighting. the original fucking Ring of Honors, wouldn't it? It's just... <laughs> That'd be crazy. Roadrunner yeah. wrestling. Super. Like, these guys would be so great. I know they can't maybe do the same character they've been doing in Impact because drugs are bad, except you have a yeah. dude on your Raw Survivor Series team that... <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, drugs yeah. aren't his only problem from what I hear. The only good thing he's done is just calling AJ Skipper. The nicknames are funny. I'll give him that. Yeah. But but that's not the point. The yeah. Rascals in NXT, I think, could be so much fun. I think Triple H could do – I think he could book them well. I'm not going to try and sit here and sing his praises. He's not the savior. But at least in NXT, I think they could be really fun. I mean, I'm sure Karrion Cross could fucking – you know, vouch for them a bit because he was an impact. Well, at the same time, I don't know. I don't think they worked together at all, but they were still in the same locker room. I think these guys would bring a level of, you know, fun to that locker room. Not that there isn't enough already, but they would, they'd be an incredible benefit to NXT and especially 205 Live. Put any of those guys in 205 Live. Give them fucking have their, have the rascals against, uh, I, I don't remember. Escobar's, I don't remember the, the faction. Like, oh, that one. Fantasma. Yeah, that one. Mm. Have that against the, that trio Big against Mark the Rascals. Escobar right here. Big Mark. As yeah. everyone knows, Latin wrestling is my jam, man. I love it. Just give, give me that give me that triple or that three on three. That's all I need for the rest of my life. Yeah. I love the fact they're coming in as a faction as well. Like they can operate as a faction. They're not just a standard tag team. There's lots of potential here. I, re I love it. I think there's more value actually in trios. Like I really do. And I think that, you know, it's a shame that they haven't got more trios because I'd love to see trio tag team titles. I think that'd be very cool. I think that offers an entirely different dynamic. It's worked very well in Ring of Honor. It's worked very well in New Japan. There's no reason why it can't work in WWE. But the only downside to this, if I'm going to nitpick, is that WWE, especially on the main roster, has kind of shown that they're not really caring too much about tag team titles, although the New Day really flourished, actually, since they moved to Raw. But I actually think they're one of the biggest parts of the company. And they're being used as well, which is fantastic. 
Uh, and obviously the street profits are always on TV as well. So there's definitely still some great building blocks there. So hopefully they're going to add to that and they're going to be used properly. But initially, as a run in NXT, very excited to see what they can do. I'm just thrilled for the lads. They deserve good money. They deserve good lives. They're great human beings. They really are. And, you know, a guy who kind of doesn't get mentioned enough probably out of the trio is Zachary Wentz, who is phenomenally funny. Very good promo. I'm really excited about the idea of him and Xavier Woods jarring with each other backstage and being just ridiculous nonsense. One of them's like, you know, <laughs> massively into streaming and gaming. The other one's massively into aliens. Should be hysterically good fun. Really excited for all three guys to do well. Uh, particularly Desmond Xavier, who follows us on the WrestleCon, because he's my boy. So shout out to Desmond. By the way, quick shout out to Carl Wilkinson himself for buying a t-shirt at wrestlingtees.com slash WrestleCon. Yes, yeah. so I get updates by the minute of sunshine. I'll yeah, yeah, where is it? Really done. Uh, thank you for your purchase. Yeah, Let's go. Got a cheeky little sale update then. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's all money, by the way, that goes back into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So 100% of those profits put back into getting better equipment. I've just ordered a green screen. So hopefully that will chat up on YouTube a little bit more. And I ensure, of course, that my boy over here gets himself a green screen as well, which I shall donate to him as present. Uh, don't, you, don't you dare. Oh, yeah. Christmas is a coming. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Amazon wish lists. So if you want to send us random sex toys and things, why not? Why not? I, I mean, at this point, I don't think I know what to do with them, but we welcome them. No idea, mate. No idea. It's a dry spell, isn't it? It's a dry spell. <laughs> yeah, try, try, try. We're sitting here. in our perspective houses talking about wrestling, right? And we're wondering why we're going for a dry spell. <laughs> Probably a good reason for that. Because <laughs> we yeah. dedicate our Friday evenings to talking about the new day. <sighs> it's a new day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it'll be a new day for us one day, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it as far as the news goes. Wasn't really anything else jumping around unless people want to whinge again about, you know, Belting Dream or Matt Riddle and stuff. It's been played out at this point, and I just hope that the right justice is brought to the right people. It's as simple as that. Um, let's have a look at the week's wrestling. We're going to bring back in the timer for this just to make it nice and quick. So I'm going to quickly look at the flashpoints from Raw. NXT and AEW Dynamite, and of course Impact Wrestling. How could I forget? In fact, if anything, Impact Wrestling will be getting far more coverage because it deserves it because they work so fucking hard. The plucky underdogs of professional wrestling. So back to the Star Watch. We're going to start with Raw, and we're going to start with the fact that Mustafa Ali and Ricochet had a match of the year contender. But the big problem here is probably the fact that Retribution's angle has been whittled down to the fact that they hate Ricochet for not joining them. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So, Carl Wilkinson, 30 seconds. Tell us what you think about, well, not only an incredible match, but more so, I imagine, as I know that you haven't seen the match yet before, what you think of where Retribution has been going from this point forward, starting now. I mean, I don't think there was any sort of thought that Ricochet and Ali would have a bad match. I've seen the highlights, and we talked about it before we came on live, that top rope backstabber, Jesus Christ, that really cool submission Ali had to finish the match was also really cool really innovative but Retribution is still that they've just been buried so hard that this is a step in the right direction but not enough not yet damn it I need to really keep better time of myself don't I that's all right yeah, that's it's, it's, it's honestly hard to talk about it when I haven't seen it yeah 
that's what I've got with the 32nd thing, because ultimately I appreciate that you've got a lot of work to do. So, you know, and you just don't have time to get home after a shower and having some a hot meal and stuff. You know, it's hard for us to, you know, when we're paying rent and everything else in between to sit down and watch this much wrestling. So, you know, it's all right for me losing my job and everything, but for Mr. Wilkinson, he's got a real life. <laughs> so, um, but it is an amazing match, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone going, I suppose I should throw in my 30 seconds with him to, but where we go. It was an amazing match. It was a, for me, close to a five-star match. Mr. Ferrali is incredible. As everybody knows, he's a massive inspiration for me being a force of uh, Middle Eastern descent myself. I just, I've given up with retribution. You know, there's so many of them. And yet here they are beating up on the token jobber guy. <laughs> Great. Whoopee. Nobody cares. Shame as well, because Rick Shane, Mr. Ferrelli was incredible. It really was. So if there's anything I can say in these 30 seconds, go and watch it. It deserves your full time. It's an amazing match. It really is. Uh, Raw. Now then. Um, the only other real flashpoint for me, of course, is the continuation of Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Next week, we will see Drew McIntyre get his rematch for the WWE Championship against Randy Orton, which pretty much signals that he's obviously not going to win it, which we knew was going to be the case anyway. I think it's being set up for Edge to become new champion, which I'll be okay with when it gets round to it. But because he's not on my TV, I'm frustrated. Uh, and also there is this side angle going on that you might have seen with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, where Sheamus keeps bumping into him backstage and he's just like, oh, I've had enough of these wankers on my team. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, when I'm champion, we're going to get back together and get drunk again. Now, I really want them to form a new bar. I think it would be fucking incredible. However, I think it's going to lead to Sheamus costing in the title against Randy Orton, which is going to make the Survivor Series team thing even more interesting because ultimately he's been trying to, before uh, Matt Riddle picks up the place, um, final place this week on Raw. The idea was that Sheamus wanted Drew to join because then he'd be unstoppable. Think about it, you know, the huge titans of Gaelic wrestling. So, uh, and I say Gaelic, so yes, hardy heart, I know. Um, fucking phrasing. But none, nonetheless, next week, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, of course, sending a message to him, completely murdering John Morrison on Raw in the six-man tag when he teamed up with the New Day, which, by the way, were really good fun. Uh, Drew McIntyre playing along, having a little dance with him and stuff. Actually, really nice to see. Really humanises him. He's just, he's so lovely, isn't he? The big, the big handsome Scottish gentleman, the big old softy that he is. Please don't play ball, me in the face, Drew. Um, but yeah, um, any thoughts in particular about this? Predominantly um, as pertains to the fact that the tile match will be on Raw next week? I mean, that's fine. It's kind of a reason to watch Raw, I guess. Um, yeah, we both know or ain't going to win. Like, it's just, it, it, it's not going to happen. Or sorry, Drew's not going to win. Orton's going to retain is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. I'm just fucking up today, guys. But, I mean, I think that's fine because, honestly, I'm excited about Roman and Orton. That's not something we've really seen a lot of, especially lately. It's so, let why not? Let's make Survivor Series fun. Beautifully signed. Beautifully signed. Um, I pretty much have my say. So whatever. It is what it is. You know that it's like it, uh, for me, it's a ratings grab. But at the same time, they've had great matches. So I'm looking forward to seeing that match next week. Uh, the only other thing on Raw, of course, is the Survivor Series men's team, which has just been absolutely amazing. I would bring up Lana, but for fuck's sake, it's the same thing every week. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the streak continues. <laughs> which I know is one of Carl's favourite things in wrestling right now, is Lana going through the announce table every week. Long may it continue. 
It shouldn't be, but I'm going to call it now, and you guys can quote me on this. Lana's going to get put through the table at Survivor Series. This is my prediction. She's going to be put through the table. She's going to be Ed for the entire match. Until the end, she's going to be sole Survivor. Quote me on it. Genius. Uh, do you know what? Book it. Book it. <laughs> if you could somehow put money on it, I'm going to, because I think that's that's probably the most genius fantasy booking I've ever heard in almost four years of this podcast. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. I think you're pretty much bang to rights with that. It seems that way, and there's a lot of rumors and stuff that are going to be running out there. But on the plus side, I get to see Shayna Baszler murdering people every week, and that makes me very happy because I am in love with that woman. I think she's fucking incredible. I think she's one of the greatest heels that women's wrestling has ever seen, and all the haters can suckle on my zongle. Simple as that. Now then, um, finally, the Men's Survivor Series team, as I mentioned. Matt Riddle is the fifth and final component, um, and he coined the term skipper, as you mentioned. He just, I know, right? Matt Riddle. <laughs> Bro. Uh, Matt Riddle, the much maligned individual, and some people might say rightfully so. That's not for us to get into, as we've mentioned beforehand. That being said, the Survivor Series men's team is genuinely one of the funniest angles going on on Raw right now. Uh, in wrestling, actually, in general, the comedic chemistry of all of the men is so hilarious. And the glue, of course, is AJ Styles, who has been incredible. So it's 30 seconds for you to just basically talk about how much you love AJ Styles as the skipper of the men's Survivor Series team for Raw. I mean, it's it's so good. Last week, when he was at the announce table between and the triple threat between Sheamus, Braun and Keith Lee, He's like, oh, I want them all on my team, but I don't want them to kill each other. No, watch out, Braun. He's coming. It, he's so good. In the match he made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's just sitting there at the desk with his big, imposing bouncer from Raw Underground that's no longer a thing. I'm actually really excited for this match in particular. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, I'll just throw out a cheeky 30 seconds just to show my love. AJ Styles has been amazing. He's been one of the best characters once again. Every time you think that he's done, he just comes back with something even more special. He's got this big old black berserker in his corner. Um, I think his name was Babbleton Day. I'm not entirely sure. My apologies if I got that wrong. Either way, monstrous of a man, and I can't wait to see him interject himself and hurt somebody. But the comedic stuff, and also Seamus seems to have found himself yet again, more fresh material to work with. I think everybody's funny in this match. I'm not a huge fan of Matt Riddle, as everybody knows, but he actually led himself comedically quite well. And Keith Lee as well, the quiet giant. In the- <laughs> say, really. Um, Keith Lee on the mic. Uh, one thing I did want to give an admiral mention to before we jump to Impact Wrestling was, of course, and I don't know if you've seen this, was the seven-way uh, match for the 24-7 championship. <laughs> Uh, the 24-7 Championship changed hands no less than, I believe, nine times on Raw this week. Um, starting with Drew Gulak trying to insert himself into the Hurt business. <laughs> Getting rolled up by R-Truth in the back. R-Truth was then forced to uh, defend his title in a seven-man match, which he believed was going to be a 7GQ camera photo shoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I, I, love I know I would have hated this, but I love it now. And it's so funny. And this match was hilarious. Uh, the highlight for me was that there were multiple title changes. Eric from the Viking Raiders won it. Tucker won it, by the way, who is the greatest job in our all time. Congratulations on turning on Otis. Your career is dead. I look forward to seeing you arrive in Impact at some point. Um, that's that's got to be Tucker. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Uh, but the highlight for this was um, Drew Gulak gets in. And gives him a cheeky roll-up 
you know, the kind of packaged roller, mm-hmm. pins him, and they don't even break pin. He just rolls back and then pins him, and the title switches twice. He just goes, one, two, three. And the announcer's like, and the new, and the new. And I just thought it was really funny. It was a great comedic break. And for all those people who are saying, oh, well, AEW does this, you fucking hate it. The difference is that this is, they don't pretend that this is anything other than stupid comedy to make you smile. And they put it in a position where it doesn't affect the rest of the fucking broadcast you've got three hours to fill why not fill it with some fucking hilarious stuff we all love our truth it's hilarious it's good fun drew gulak has found new life in this akira tazara and his ninjas he's he's i still find that hysterical and you know i don't really care about tucker i don't really care about eric on his own so why not chuck him in there have a bit of fun have a laugh hell nice payday for these boys isn't it going on tv having a quick fucking 30 second match rolling each other up title reigns galore the belt might be a joke but it's a joke that everyone can enjoy. I think the belt is supposed to be a joke. That's the thing. It knows that it doesn't have to take itself seriously. Why am I talking like the title sentient? It doesn't <laughs> matter. Everyone knows that the 24 7 championship, <laughs> it is there to be exactly as you say. It's supposed to be a comedic break. Sure, like you'll have a match going on, but it's probably like a random one off match, and you'll see the 24 7 competitors just like run. They'll just like, our truth will just come out of the crowd jump the barricade, run around the outside for a while because he's found the fountain of youth. I'm not sure how. You look at pictures of him in 2002 as NWA World's Champion, and now I think he looks younger. I don't know. Scary. It's like, Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Not a, barely a difference. Like, yeah. I, I hate to be – I don't know if this classifies as racist. My apologies if it does, but there's a term that's black don't crack, and it certainly feels that way with Mr. Trope. He – He's in amazing condition. Hand over your secret to immortality right now. I know you've got it. I know that you can serve. Apparently, I've been told that on the dark web, you can buy manuals that give you the secret to immortality. So I know what you're up to, R-Truth, in your spare time, and I want one of those manuals for myself. Give it to me. <laughs> we will, we'll, we'll roll you up for the title, and then and then while we'll hold the title hostage. This is what we'll do. We'll hold the title hostage until he gives us the, the formula because he loves that thing more than anything else. I really hope the formula is the belt. That is that oh. as long as you uh, see that. See, that's my that's my oh. secret theory that the 24-7 title. We all think it's a joke, but actually the holder has immortality, and that's why he's so desperate to hold on to it. It's got some fucking knows. voodoo on it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The belt is that racist? That's not uh, racist, is it? I mean, voodoo ostensibly was something from African tribal history. So it's not racist in the sense that it's from... So I'm sure you didn't mention voodoo just because you thought, oh, black people do voodoo. So, which I'm sure... Yeah. But there's probably some liberal at the moment who's watching this going with his Joe Biden flags out and going, no, just fucking Carl Wilkinson disrespected all of Africa. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Like, it wasn't with malicious intent, you motherfuckers. Get out of here before I drown you in a pool of your own blood. literally the least racist person I know. I'm fucking Arab, and I'm more racist than he is. So, <laughs> you know, just deal with it. And I don't classify myself as racist at all. Some of my best friends are colored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, Lawrence Fox. Get in the bin. Um, Yeah, so that's raw, uh, ostensibly. Moving on to Impact Wrestling briefly. The North will be challenging... Uh, the Good Brothers soon and defending their tag team titles and the main events all Carl Anderson and uh, Josh Alexander get it on 
uh, not before he had slapped the shit out of Ethan Page backstage. Because the <laughs> new gimmick is that apparently every time someone mentions Karate Man or Ethan Page, he goes into a trance and slaps <laughs> the disrespect, which is probably for me the best thing going in wrestling today. I, I now I'm understanding why everyone marks out like mad about Ethan Page. I've always liked him as a worker, right? But I've never watched Impact on a regular basis, and I haven't seen a lot of his. Right man stuff of things. So for me, I feel like a brand new fan. And every time I'm watching it, I just burst into hysterics. Nothing beats. And luckily for me, it went reasonably viral, which I was very proud of. That little video where I spliced in Bruno Mars. And I just I can't stop watching it myself. I, I'm a mark for my own shit. Uh, I love Ethan Page. He's phenomenal. I love Josh Alexander. Crazy man crush on him. He's one of the best looking men I've ever seen. When he's, You don't get to see him without his helmet, ladies and gentlemen, very often. And when I saw him without that helmet, it was like love at first sight. I was just like, <sighs> Josh Alexander is a real man's man. Oh, oh, bit of Josh Alexander, sir. Oh, suit you, sir. Um, Carl Anderson. Versus Ethan Page. Surprise ended in a disqualification. But are you excited for the North versus the Good Brothers? I mean, how can you not be, man? I don't know if you're giving me 30 seconds or not, but I'm going to go over it, so don't even bother. Well, you'll I, get the buzzer, but you continue to speak yeah, at your pleasure. I, I adore the North, and not just because they're both Canadian boys. Like, the, their chemistry is just so good. Their matches are so fun. They're the best tag team in impact right now bar none other than perhaps the good brothers just because like they've got you know a legacy behind them as well but like just like their entrance when ethan's just sitting on the apron just waving like a fool and alexander's fixing his headgear i'm like this is so good like if you guys haven't watched ethan page's vlogs on youtube they're fucking brilliant they're so funny. He's even got a Twitch and he's been playing stuff on there. I'll plug all his shit all day. I don't even care. I've met him twice. Incredible dude. Him and Alexander both. And now we're is their match taking place tomorrow night? Is it at Turning Point? I believe so, yeah. That I don't think they've actually had maybe they've had one match since the Good Brothers showed up. I think so. They were in the Fatal Four Way together, weren't they? Yeah. But I'm I don't think they, they don't haven't had a two-on-two. Two. Two on two, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I'm Luke, Doc Gallows will probably just do some fucking kick Ethan Page right in the head and then Karate Man, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be so much fun. If I have the time, I think I'm going to try and get Turning Point. I'm going to try and find a way to watch it. it I mean, if I have the time. It's on, uh, it's on Impact Plus. Yeah. And if my body allows me to have any sort of semblance of rest. When you're watching this, it'll probably be tonight because I'm hoping this should be available for Saturday. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday night, Saturday morning. So hopefully this should be available. So yeah, uh, it'll be tonight uh, on Impact Plus. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really, really good. I think Turning Point in general is going to be a good show because most of Impact shows are. And you guys need to start giving them a chance. I really hope every time we talk about it that we at least turn one person. If it's just one person to show... I'm okay with that because then they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends. Now I'm going to have to splice in Cheryl and Pam doing that from Archer for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> See, I was thinking of Wayne's World. That's true. I think that's where the reference yeah. comes from. But sadly, I'm, 
yeah, I've, I've forgotten about Wayne's World. I need to re-watch that and re-inform myself on that. Um, I'll give myself 30 seconds just because I want to faff a little bit more over the North versus uh, Luke Gallows and Kyle Anderson. I love it. By the way, Talking Shopamania 2 is currently on Fight TV right now. I'm going to buy that after the fact, watch that and review that for this channel because it just looks so much fun. Little fun story as well while I'm in my 30 seconds. Um, apparently, they actually legitimately booked Raven for Talking Shopamania and then forgot to film him and put him in. Literally forgot. Booked Raven, totally forgot. And now the running joke is that they just book him and don't use him. And put him on the poster. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so much fun. Ethan Page, everybody involved. <laughs> Just absolute money. I love it. I love these guys. They're fantastic. Right. Uh, before we leave Impact, of course, there are two things that need to be spoken about. This is going to need more than 30 seconds. This is very important. So uh, if you mind, I do have a, a quick costume change. So excuse me if you have to look at my body for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. However, there is something very important I need to do because ultimately there is only one thing that anyone really wants to talk about. Yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but I think I accidentally pressed the sample, which is even funnier. So, Carl, I have a question for you. I might have an answer. That's good. Because I need to know something. Because we're not getting to the bottom of it yet. Now then, I hope you like this. So, I want to know who shot this man, Johnny Bravo. Who shot... Johnny Bravo. Now, Tommy Dreamer, I don't want to step on your feet, but for me, I, I just don't feel like you're doing a good enough job, okay? Okay, Sherlock Dreamer, it's all fun and games, but this is very serious. Someone, there was an attempted murder on Johnny Bravo. Somebody shot this man, and we need to know. So we've got a list of suspects. Carl Wilkinson, you're a good detective. You're well-known in Canada as one of the Hardly Boys. <laughs> Um, let us know. But no, I'm actually a part of the Scooby gang. I've got a raging clue for this right now, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> who do you think they will unveil as the attempted murderer of Johnny Bravo when it's all said and done? Oh, okay. I know a lot of people are thinking it's Havoc. A lot of people think it was just Havoc. Havoc. Um, I think maybe Tyler could do it. Maybe she's just sick of him. And just tried to blow him away. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a lot of it. Like, obviously, it's not James Mitchell because he's Dewey. <laughs> not James Mitchell said rather brilliantly in his interrogation. But guns are so ostensibly loud and obnoxious. I would have used something a lot more menacing and device. <laughs> I love him. I think he's incredible. I've tried to get him on the podcast. I would, I would kill to sit down. I mean, he would probably kill me, but I would kill to sit down and talk to James Mitchell, if not for just 20 minutes, because he is a wonderful, amazing man in so many ways, and a real credit to this business, and he's got probably more stories to tell than most people have forgotten. It's incredible. Um, I quite like the idea... See, they've lined up these suspects, haven't they? They did mugshots last week. I think there's like 10 different people involved in this. All of them are, of course, at the wedding. Most people are looking at Hernandez because, you know, oh, where's my money? Oh, Johnny Bravo might have had it. But Balabar as well, who, by the way, tweeted us and said that he didn't appreciate the insinuation. Um, <laughs> because I'm on to you, Balabar. Now, I don't know if you guys saw my review. Uh, at the beginning of the show where Johnny Bravo got shot, Balabar tweets out, clearly a, a swerve, but good fun, tweeted out this brilliant quote tweet where he said, starting off the show with a bang and then put two gunshot emojis. <laughs> you little cretin. I know what you're up to, you little troll. Very good stuff. Balabar is sneaky intelligent. Ah, oh, 
I love him, by the way. I think he's phenomenal. Great fun. Something very different. I'll tell you what, this is this shows you how good Falabar is, right? My mum hates it. Fucking hates it. And she had started watching Impact randomly because it's on oh, Channel oh, Live. Right, okay. I know, weird. I don't get it, right? So I rang her the other day. I was like, how you doing? How you coping? Because she's old, so I can't visit her. She's like 71 and all that. And obviously, you know, where I actually have my own property, if you can believe that. <laughs> Stunning. Um, and yeah, so I just rang her up and she was like, oh, I've been watching this thing called Impact Wrestling randomly for a bit at night. And there are two people she really likes, Falabar and Kiara Hogan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. And that tells you everything you need to know. She just thinks he's really funny and very amusing. And I think that speaks volumes about him, that he can reach out to somebody who ostensibly hates the concept of wrestling, hates everything about it, and still finds him entertaining and fun. And I think that's a real testament to Impact as well that they can, you know, draw in people like that. And it's just a shame that more and more people don't give it a chance. Because I think if they did, they'd have fun and they'd enjoy it and they'd feel happy for a couple of hours. And ultimately, we all need to feel happy for a couple of hours. Um, I don't know who I'm going to put my money on right now. Uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Rosemary might have done it. Because when you look back at all the photos, she's the only one who doesn't look mortified. And, you know, and I know Rosemary's got hard on for violence, especially death. I've seen, I watched you, you know, in the undead realm, doing things that should not be done, young lady. And some might say that I would probably enjoy being murdered by Rosemary. And that's probably true. Because, damn. But <laughs> ultimately, you look suspiciously happy about this scenario. And I know you've been chatting to Havoc as well. And there's been nonsense going on. But let's not forget, you know, there was no real repercussions for Sue Young murdering Ali on screen. And... Yeah, that's true. But but that happened in the undead realm too. So I mean, maybe the laws are different down there. That's true. That's true. But, Jace Mitchell's in charge of that, isn't he? And as you know, like you know, it's not like he's not exactly going to uh, allow the police to intervene when it comes to undead matters. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm sure the laws are different down there. You can't arrest and then expedite someone to be tried in their country's laws if the laws are different. You know, it's also, like logistically, it's a nightmare. Like the police just don't have the funds to. But it's, this isn't Stranger Things. We don't have the finances to get into the undead realm and do what we do. So, you know, not many of us want to visit. Who would you like to see in the undead realm as a complete side oh. project? Um, I'd love to see Ethan Page in there, screaming like a girl. It'd have to be the North, too, because then Josh Alexander would just stand yeah. there, just like... Yeah. I've got this great image of like Josh Alexander's like slicing and dicing demons while Ethan Page is going, ah! <laughs> just think it'll be really fucking great, buddy. Or him as Karate Man, like, <laughs> just chopping the shit out of people. Give I think, me I think the Karate Man's at ta um, Talking Shop of Mania. I think he's on the show tonight. Yes, that would, well, he better be. He better oh. be. I can't wait for that. It's going to be all kinds of garbage, and I love it. <laughs> Because isn't it just like, isn't it just supposed to be complete it's shit, but fun? give it shit. Okay. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's, I'm covering it. I'm covering it. I'll get you, I'll sort you out the link or you can watch it on Mopbox TV or whatever, mate. We'll, we'll work out something because it is, you've got to see it. It's, it looks so good. It really does. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know who shot Johnny Bravo right now. If I had to pick somebody, it would probably be Rosemary. She looks suspicious. And I do like myself an evil woman, it has to be said. So talk to me. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah, um, I still think Tyre could do it. Tyre, you think you think Tyre? We've both got women doing it. Hell hath no fury, like an undead woman scorned. 
Um, there you go. There's one for a t-shirt right there. So we shall see. But I will continue on with this podcast wearing my Johnny Bravo t-shirt. Now then, uh, we shall bring back the timer rapidly. We're going to have 30 seconds between us for this, Carl Wilkinson, because okay. I'm going to read out the card for turning point, and we are going to give our rapid fire picks for who wins. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. <laughs> better be ready, because here we go with the first match. And, of course, the timer will start as soon as I've finished reading out the match. So don't jump the gun. In what could possibly be one of the all-time great technical wrestling matchups, Brian Myers faces Hornswoggle. Mm-hmm. Myers, I guess. Hey, you're supposed to be excited about this. Uh, <clears throat> I think Myers... But I imagine Swoggle's really good at building up babyface heat, isn't he? You know, the comeback fire sort of thing. So, yeah, um, interesting that this is one. Can you imagine putting this on pay-per-view anywhere else? It just wouldn't work, but Impact, it does. So, yeah, okay. I'm going with Swoggle. Uh, I'm going with Myers as well. And he can only build up heat, so he has to build up half as much. Wow. Okay, we're just throwing dwarfism <laughs> jokes out. Oh, oh, how things have changed. This could be an absolutely sneaky banger. Moose versus Willie Mack. Oh, you got to go with Moose. As much as I love Willie Mack, I think Moose is riding an uh, incredible amount of momentum from that win over EC3. Moose. Moose. Yeah, you got to have Moose, and you? you? can't have him lose. It's a shame, but it's great to see Winnie Mac in there with the big players. I think Winnie Mac is, for me, one of the great all-time underrated wrestlers. I think what he can do is amazing. He's got wild charisma, great look, chock the thunder, baby. I love him. I think he's absolutely amazing. Winnie Mac is one of my favorite all-time wrestlers. I'm quite happy saying that. So, uh, yeah, we've both got Moose going into that bad boy. Now then... Uh, you might have noticed Alex Shelley is injured and Chris Sabin has picked himself up a bodyguard of sorts. He's got backup now to face Free XL, <laughs> who should be, by law, judging by their name, my favourite tag team of all time. Ace Romero and Larry D of Free XL will face Chris Sabin and his backup, James Storm. I mean, uh, that's pretty cool seeing the cowboy back. Like him and Saban, like two staples of the tag team division in TNA's heyday. Um, I, I think Triple XL might still take it though, because I don't know, they're the newer guys, they're the younger guys. I think they would benefit from it more, but at the same time, Impact did like that nostalgia pop with the machine guns winning. Hmm. Now I'm gonna stick with Triple XL. You took up all my time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> triple XL, triple XL, because why not? They're the proper team. So, yeah, I, I fuck it, triple XL. <laughs> why not? I don't need any reasoning for it. Plus, they're huge. Come on, who's arguing basically Romero about dying? Simple as that. The knockout impact knockouts championship will be on the line in a no disqualification match. Sue Young defends in her rematch, her proper rematch against Diana Barrazzo. I mean, it has to be Sue Young, doesn't it? Yeah. No DQ match? Just has to be. Yeah, that's that's who I've got. I think Sue Young retains, although I'm really liking it. By the way, on Impact this week, I don't know if you saw, but there was a uh, a little... Uh, it was scribbled in like lipstick on a dark window, and it said, I think you're alone now. And then as Deonna Prazo walks over to it, Kimberly just goes smack into the glass, and her hand just kind of drifts down, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Pretty fucking awesome, it has to be said. So, yeah. 
I'll go with um, Too Young to retain. Who, who's going to mess with the undead bride? Let's be honest. <sighs> this is a good card, to be fair. Uh, Tenille Dashwood and Jordan Grace versus Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie. Hmm. That's weird because Tenille Dashwood and Jordan Grace didn't get along when Tenille first came in. So they're doing that odd couple thing. But I'm gonna, I think I'm going to – I'll give them the win on this one. I'm going real face heavy this time. But I'm thinking I can go with uh, Tenille and Jordan. Because Impact gives you what you want. That's why. You, you, impact, it's not about, you'll like what I tell you to like. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with the faces. I think Ty Valkyrie and Rosemary as well. They're probably going to try and somehow interject the who shot Johnny Bravo angle into this. So I'm fascinated to see. Wake up, Kyle. <laughs> um, yeah. See what I mean? See, women's wrestling puts Kyle to sleep. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not true, actually. Women's wrestling is something that we're really hot about, as you probably would have noticed from what we were talking about. Davari versus Eddie Edwards. That's uh, random AF, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, Eddie Edwards, I guess. I'm going to go with Davari. I think Eddie Edwards is the company guy. He's quite happy to put guys over. He's Mr. TNA, Mr. Impact to a certain extent. That's probably why they put a belt on him at Slammiversary, but he was a transitional champion, essentially, for Eric Young and then Rich Swan, who's now champion. Uh, I, I think Davari wins. I don't really care, if I'm being honest. Not that I don't dislike. Not that I dislike both guys. It's just whatever. Davari and Eddie Edwards. I don't understand why that couldn't have been on Impact. <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, Rohit Raju against to be arranged for the X Division Championship. He did beat TJP this week on Impact to retain his title. And as long as he is champion, by the way, TJP will no longer have an opportunity to become X Division champion. Uh, I could see TJP dressing up as suicide like he did when Suicide was first a character and coming out to win. Money! Book it. He said, you're on fire this week with the fantasy booking. If that happens, I'm going to lose my shit. TJP as manic slash suicide, whatever you want to call it. That'll be so, so sick. Oh, that'd be absolute money. Remember, suicide was like the, the kind of... He was invented via the game, wasn't he? That was a character from the game, and that's how he got invented. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure TJP played them originally. I think a lot of people have, but I think TJP was one of the main ones in like 2000... 7, 2008, I think, when the game came out. Yeah. He was manic as well. Wasn't manic suicide? I think so. Or similar. Maybe he was his brother or something. But I'm pretty sure TJP was manic as well. So, yeah. Great shout. Great shout. I love that. I'm I'm all aboard that idea as well. That sounds fucking phenomenal. Uh, The tag team titles, of course, will be on the line. We have mentioned it before. The Impact World Team Champions. World Tag Team Championships will be defended, of course, by the North against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. I mean, I'm going to stick with my boys, the North. I, I can't have it. I don't think they'll give them the titles back just to have them lose it this quick. Their last reign lasted over a year. Um, I don't think Gallows and Anderson need it. They'll get it eventually, but I don't think it's now. Yeah, I think the Good Brothers feel like the natural progression in terms of who should take the tag belts next, but I don't think just yet. And, you know, I imagine a lot of people are probably saying that, oh, you know, you gave fucking FTR and Young Bucks a lot of shit for their lack of build. Why not this? I was like, well, first of all, their build was still better. And ultimately, (laughs) fuck the Young Bucks. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, bow, 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 bow. No, no, right? 
Uh, it's a shame Bromans weren't in because that would have been absolutely perfect for that. <laughs> um, I do believe that leaves the main event. Yes, it does. Ritz Swan defends his World Heavyweight Championship against Sammy Callahan, who will no doubt have Ken Shamrock in his corner. That's such an odd pairing. I still don't get it. But I mean, no, I'm, I'm mean, or something maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm gonna stick with Rich Swan. He just won it. He had an incredible comeback story. Yeah. Callahan's already had it. He doesn't need it. He, yeah. I think this is just to help establish Rich Swan's reign. Yeah, I echo your sentiments. It's nice to see Sammy Callahan doing something. It feels like he's kind of got sidetracked lately and hasn't really been doing much. So it's nice to see. Uh, um, you know, he was in the corner and that was about it. But yeah, I, I think Rich. <laughs> It's been really yeah. hard for him, I think, without OVE. Like, he was definitely the biggest part of OVE. Yeah. But then both, like, Chris Brothers are gone. Um, Fulton is with Ace Austin now. Like, I, I, he's definitely got the charisma to get himself back over again to do something really good. But he was with OVE for so long. Mm. It's, I think he's, he needs that time to reestablish himself. He needs to rediscover who he is without yeah. OVE. Yeah, he's gone down the hacker route, I've noticed. You know, going back to that kind of gimmick that he had in NXT a little bit, but obviously with his own creative identity, which makes it better. He's always had it, I know, with OVE, but he's kind of gone heavily into that. Um, but he has really suffered. Obviously, it's not his fault. Obviously, what happened was horrible. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it was both guys or just one of the Chris brothers, uh, so I don't know what happened with the other guy. But ultimately, it's really unfortunate that... Um, you know, OVE can't continue. It would have been nice, actually, if he had somehow brought other guys in. But, of course, the problem is they've got to be from Ohio. You can't just grab anyone. You know, that's the whole idea of the faction. But, yeah, Sammy Callahan, I think, given enough time, will write the ship and will find himself something new to do. And he's still, by far and away, one of the most intriguing and exciting promos. You know, he's still a draw. Um, maybe he needs to break somebody's face with a bag. I know he attempted to do that at Rich Swan on Impact this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that did work wonders. Yeah, hey, hey, it makes you go viral. So, right, um, we'll quickly wrap it up with the Wednesday night walk, and then I'll let you go to bed, sir. Because <laughs> you certainly look like you are flagging at this point, and I don't blame you. Cutting to the fact, ladies and gentlemen, he's busting his ass big shifts as well. He ain't doing nine till five, I can assure you with that. So, Wednesday night war. Pack is back, and that's all I want to talk about as far as AEW is concerned. Pack returns. It looks like there's the uh, the implosion as well. I know, right? The implosion of the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Ray Phoenix just kind of got booed out and left and disregarded because, obviously, uh, Eddie Kingston has been pushing this big kind of storyline kind of friendship, and obviously his best friend in real life, or at least one of them, uh, in Penta. And this, of course, brought out Pac, who essentially just came out and said, I'm going to slap you around like a bitchy arsehole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Just when I thought I was fed up with AEW, they bring back for me the best wrestler in the world to face the best mic worker in the world. <gasps> You're going to give me what I want, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to consume it all. This is a reason for me to watch Impact. This is money. This is a main event rivalry that I'm interested in. Don't give a fuck about Kenny Omega. Don't give a fuck about the Elite, but I'll tell you what I do give a fuck about. World, world, world-class wrestlers and professionals. Eddie Kingston versus Pack. 30 seconds, mate. What do you think? Pack is back. It's been it's been a long eight months, my friend. A long eight months, and I he's back. I know you guys are on lockdown over there, but he's here now. He can do some shows, get some tapings, and if he has to go back, fine. But we're going to get Eddie Kingston 
best mic worker in the business right now against Pac, who is probably second. He's so good on the mic when he's being such a little bastard. And these two are going to tear each other apart. It's going to be gnarly, dude. I'm so excited. I'm so ready. Yeah, I'll pretty much have my 30 seconds before, but I'm going to have no 30 seconds because it's Fab City. Uh, Pack is fucking phenomenal. I love him. Him versus Eddie Kingston is going to be one of the matches of the year. Their mic work is going to blow everybody else out of the water. You're going to realise why John Moxley is fine, but a little bit overrated. You're going to realise why Kenny Omega sucks dick in comparison because he can't hold a candle to not only, for me, the in-ring quality, the realism of what they do, but the mic work. These are two of the best story-driven characters with legitimacy behind them that you could ever ask for. This is going to be one of the all-time great moments of AEW and wrestling as a whole. So very excited. Um, a little bit of celebrity splashed into AEW now. Now, Mike Tyson was meant to face Chris Jericho. That was apparently the big thing. That apparently isn't happening now. So they pulled some strings. Some ridiculously beautiful lady by the name of J, 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 excuse me, Jane Cargill, I believe. Probably best to change that name. No offense, but that does not scream um, <laughs> superstar to me. Cargill. <laughs> um, that being said, what a look this woman has. Proper Amazonian look, gorgeous, beautiful, flowing, sensual woman with a very strong uh, attitude on the microphone. She insinuated that Cody had a small penis, which I wasn't a big fan of because it just seems like lazy, cheap meal he. Um, but she was talking about awakening a giant. Cody has awoken a giant, and now we understand why he pissed about with the TNT title and shipped it out to Darby Allen because apparently he'll be facing Shaquille O'Neal. Go for it, mate. We've got to say on that. I'd love it if your 30 seconds was just silence and you just kind of... Carl's mic has actually died, so ironically enough, the silence is there. I, I, I don't know. Like, how, what, what are we even supposed to say about this, man? It's going to be shit. Cody's great, but Shaq, his body's falling apart. It doesn't don't even... Forget, he did push over the big show once. Yeah, and they were supposed to have a match at what thirty, maybe a thirty-three or thirty-two or thirty-one. That they just announced it like eight different times. I don't fucking know. I don't care. It's that buzzer fun. should sound for this whole match. Uh, thirty seconds. Because... No, no you've had your thirty seconds. That's enough. <laughs> You could be angry in silence. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal versus Cody. Here we go. Uh, what the fuck? I don't care. I can't imagine this is actually going to be a match. I'm assuming that, you know, the thing is as well, right? What a shit device. Now, you've actually got some moving parts now. Thunder Rose is coming in. Alison Kay's coming in. Serena Deeb's coming in. All of a sudden, your women's division looks a little bit more legitimate. Shame that they're fighting about different belts, which doesn't really make any sense. But it is what it is. And you think, oh, okay, there might be a shining ray of light. So how do you bring in this exciting new prospect of a woman? By Telling Cody's got a small penis and she's the message board for sure. <laughs> What's the point? What's the, I just, I don't get it. Shame. But she looked fantastic and I'm excited because if she can work in ring as good as she looks, she could end up being champion very quickly. Hikaru Shida, your days might be numbered. Um, not much else to talk about on AEW. Not unless you want to talk about QT Marshall getting busted open like a pig. Um, by the way, sneaky good tag team match actually. That Butcher and a Blade versus QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. Nice little hardcore contest. Good fun. Good fun. Kind of like a, a nice little, you know, 
bow around the terrible angle that was Ali randomly joining him for a month and then bleeding all his credit cards because that's what women do, Carl. Did you know that? Did you know that? Um, According to AEW, women aren't allowed to be on concurrent shows and apparently they make small dick jokes and that they rinse credit cards because, you know, they're Jezebels. Tony Khan, you little fucking piece of shit. How can you? I'm sorry, right? And I'm seeing a lot of women as well. This is what fucks me off. I'm not going to go on a massive tirade because I'm sick and tired of talking about it. But how can you honestly tell me, right, that AEW, oh, AEW is so respectful. Did you see that thing? That woman actually asked uh, Cody, a presser, um, what do you say to people who are disappointed with the build of um, Hikaru Shida and Nana Rose? Only one week he said, yeah, I'm sure some people are disappointed, but it is what it is. Totally disregarded. Essentially, oh, you're a fan of women's wrestling? Go fuck yourself. They clearly don't care. They clearly don't care. And I'm sorry, but how can you? I mean, I'm pissed off and I'm a man. Okay. So the people who really should be delving into this, I'd love to know how women can honestly support this company when they show women in such a disrespectful light like this, particularly as we're about to talk about NXT, who, holy shit balls, are killing it every single week. What's your excuse? What is your excuse? Terrible. NXT wraps up our show. Let's start with Johnny Gargano. <laughs> what the hell happened? Now, they did it well, but what? why? I don't get it. So Johnny Gargano was North American champion for... A week and a half? About a week and a half, two weeks, yeah. Great. Um, he jobbed out, so to speak. He lost the belt to Leon Ruff, who he spanned the wheel and it landed on, and then reinstated his hatred of wheels after the fact, which was still quite funny. Johnny Gargano loses the North American Championship to Leon Ruff. How in God's name are you going to cover this in 30 seconds, sir? I mean, uh, it hurts because I love Johnny so much. He's, he's never had a successful title reign, man. Ever. And then he, like, sure, this new guy wins it. He has it around his waist. He lifts his hand up. He's like, yeah, I win. The belt falls down his waist onto the fucking floor. Like, that was funny. I'll I'll give it that. But, like, (laughs) fuck sakes, man. Like, Johnny, I understand you're, like, the company guy now, but fuck. I don't know what to make of this. Um... I love Johnny Gargano. He's amazing. Uh, Leon Ruff winning it. I, if they'd had some build to it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Now, there's probably going to be some sort of telling aspect. Curious to see how they follow on with this. William Regal, of course, almost very amused. I love the fact that Damian Priest, by the way, gave the kid his keys because he said, when Johnny Gargano comes through here, then mind the fact that he's basically a midget, will be so angry he'll kick your ass. So here's the keys. Take my car and bugger <laughs> off. And he just let this random kid have his car. Absolutely terrible. Um, not much else I can add to it, but I will give it an opportunity and let it breathe because they have proven time and time again, particularly with Gargano, that they can create gold. Um, do you want to know why we like NXT so much, ladies and gentlemen? It's because when they do women's wrestling, they do it really fucking well. And this week we had an absolute blockbuster as Candice LeRae went one-on-one with Tony Storm in a match. Some people might say a match of the year contender, but most questionably, no doubt, no questionably, in a doubt, no, I can't speak English anymore, it's too early in the morning. No doubt a match of the week contender, at least, uh, if it wasn't for Mustafa and, or Mustafa, excuse me, Ricochet, killing it on Raw. Tony Storm versus Candice LeRae. Your thoughts in general about 
NXT and just how fucking amazing their women's division is. I mean, theirs has been the best for ever. They've always had an incredible women's division, yep. especially since you know 2015. It it's just it hasn't gone downhill from there. And these two are two of the best workers they've got. They had an incredible match. I love heel Candice. I don't know why. I just do the whole like poison pixie thing is just hot as hell. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, don't please. Yeah, like don't don't hurt me, please. I don't know. Maybe you'll <laughs> win it. At the right time. <laughs> the cock blocking horn. <laughs> Just don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me, Johnny. Don't hurt me. I'm not scared of him. I'm like a foot taller than him. Fuck yes. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> still super get my head off, but still. Uh, I wish I had your body. Um, yeah, no. Uh, just, I'm sorry, but how anyone can honestly sit there and tell me that AEW's women's division is even a 10 for this is laughable. This is the best women's wrestling going today, and I think Impact is certainly giving you know it's best showing as well but i don't think it's got the depth and the excitement that this does we've got ember moon we've got raquel gonzalez by the way who came out to kick the shite out of a chinese guy i don't know what the triad stuff is and with some old man coming down and painting his hand i have no idea what's going on there but i'm intrigued so fair play to them <laughs> nxt women's division fucking amazing ladies and gentlemen it's fucking amazing by the way next week uh it's going to be Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just a few little side notes about NXT as well. Obviously, uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee's boys, uh, <clears throat> they gave, they gave um, uh, Breezango their rematch and, of course, beat them and then all hell broke loose and they beat the shit out of them at the end and made a statement. Pat McAfee is on fire, by the way, as the heel manager of these guys. I'm so excited. You know what he feels like to me? Poorly, dangerously, back in the day when he had Austin and Rick Rude and guys like that in his faction. Oh, oh, this is um, this is exciting to me. I think he's fantastic. I'm so excited, and I stand completely corrected because I remember without watching the product, I saw that he was going to face Johnny, um, not Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and I thought, oh fuck off! I'm not interested in these bullshit things. But this is a guy who's been trained by Rick Rogers, one of the best, and. He clearly is passionate, not only about the art of wrestling, but the art of wrestling done well. The art of the promo, the art of the storyline. He is on fire. Pat McAfee is, some might argue, one of the best heels in the world right now. And I'll tell you what, we always do our end of year awards and we always put, uh, you know, a breakout star for next year. I think he has the potential by the end of next year to be by far and away the best heel manager slash mic worker they got going and we know that he can as a special attraction go in the ring as well what a match he had with adam cole incredible at takeover like this is this has got miles this angle because you know you've got all of undisputed era to get involved it could go on forever and i love the idea that pat mcafee's like i've got money i've got clout i can hire people to knock you off at a moment's notice it has been absolutely phenomenal um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm even here for uh, Cameron Grimes putting a burlap sack over <laughs> Dexter Loomis's head and kicking the shite out of him because, you know, <laughs> in addition to trying to fuck his sister in a shower and then it becoming a zombie, um, Cameron Grimes is fucking amazing. I love you so much, man. You are so funny. I still, to this day, so I got to see him wrestle at your call, right, an independent show over here. And he came out to Taylor Swift, shake it off. No apparent reason whatsoever. And then just dance and dance. But when he was Cameron Grimes, right, 
just as he signed for WWE, he came over here. Him and Kyle O'Reilly were loaned to Progress for Super Strong Star. And I don't know if I'll be able to splice in. I'll probably get hit with a copyright thing, so I won't splice in. Um, I don't want to promise anyone. If I can buy the steel image, I'll put it up there. Uh, so right at the beginning of the match, he's giving it all out on the mic. I'm WWE NXT superstar Trevely. And I was like, boo, fuck you. We hate WWE and all this. And then he takes a drink from his bottle, turns it and just goes, throws it up. And as he turns away, bottle goes, doo, 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 lands flat, square. Just no. And everyone's like, oh, oh, the whole place. Like, this is the Alley Pally. There's like 1,500 people were there. There's the biggest pop you've heard all night. Everyone's like, holy shit, holy shit. And Trevor is just like, yeah, motherfucker. I was like, that is so fucking cool. I've never seen anything like it. Um, some weird anomaly like that happens every year. I know everyone hates Jordan Devlin now, but he um, rather brilliantly, when Chuck Mambo came out, Beach Balls, I think you remember Chuck Mambo from his brief uh, appearance in Impact, has loads of Beach Balls get thrown in the ring because he's like a time-travelling surfer, he used to be. Great gimmick, by the way. And Jordan Devlin, without even hesitating, grabs this Beach Ball as he's being introduced, throws it up in the air, and does a backflip and bicycle kicks it into the crowd and then lands back on his feet. And literally, I've never seen a pop like it. Nick Payne was sat next to me, and I'm pretty sure he tried to get naked and stick his dick in my head. He's mine. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, no, uh, Cameron Grimes, I, I love you. And I love the fact that NXT, I just love NXT, man. I'm a, I don't care if everyone's like, oh, you're a mark, you fucking love WWE. I don't give a shit. NXT is just easily the best thing. It's the best thing going today. It's fucking awesome, man. I love it. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up, mate? No, well, oh, just to kind of bounce off what you were saying, people are going to go, oh, you're just a mark for this, or you hate that. So, but fuck off we like what we like yeah. we're going to talk about what we like we still talk about the stuff we don't like because it's equal opportunity but lick the sweatiest part of my ass if i don't like aew like i haven't lately i'm not going to watch it i'll still look at the results i'll still be able to form an opinion on it but at the end of the day we want to be entertained this world is a dumpster fire yeah. i know you're you guys are on your second lockdown um ontario over here hasn't isn't doing great either we've got Toronto's in like a red zone. It's a really big hot spot, and it's just this shit ain't going away. We know that there is a vaccine on the horizon with a ninety percent success rate, which is fine. But for now, I'm gonna watch the things that I like because I can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if you don't enjoy it, that's fine, ladies and gentlemen. Don't watch us. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say to anybody. Watch it. I, no, I don't care. I'm not going to force you to watch our content. We're here to entertain. Hopefully we do that. And if you're entertained, good. Please leave a like, subscribe, comment. If you dislike it, you dislike it. Press dislike. doesn't bother me. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Ultimately, I do this to entertain people. And I do this because I love wrestling and I'm passionate about it. I love talking to my boy over here. So, you know what? Take from it what you will. And just like wrestling, there are bits that we love. There are bits that we hate. Just take the bits that you like. Watch the bits that you do enjoy. People watch Raw because they love Alexa Bliss, but they maybe not like anything else. That's fine too. Whatever. But we'll try and cover it and form opinions on what we can. Until then, thank you for supporting WrestlePlug. Thank you for checking out this video. It's going to take a while to edit this bad boy. <laughs> um, but ultimately, hopefully, you're still enjoying it, whether it be audio, whether it be video. Make sure you like, subscribe. If you know friends that might enjoy our banter, please get involved. If you like the new 30-second thing as well, let us know about that too. But for myself, Aaron and for Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, WrestlePlug t-shirts are always available. WrestlePlug.bigcartel.com and ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlePlug if you are over the pond in glorious Canada or America, which is not so glorious, but it's okay. Whatever. Jeremy.
my mouth right about it. <laughs> but yeah, from myself, Ronix, and from Guy Wilson, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you very soon for more content from...